Denmark, trying to get it towards the empty net. He dives. He scores. Hat trick. Game seven. Denmark. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. And he comes, fakes. He scores. Mark Stone, shorthanded goal. Took the goal off its pegs, lost his stick, but more room to pump his fist. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Opening night in the National Hockey League is underway. The Pittsburgh Penguins and the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, waging a battle in Tampa after the Lightning raised their second straight Stanley Cup banner. Scoreless in that one. Uh, Following uh, the collision on the East Coast, uh, we will switch over to T-Mobile Arena here tonight where the Vegas Golden Knights will launch Season 5 up against the expansion Seattle Kraken. Darren Millard, Ryan Wallace in Section 104, joined by... The television voice of the Vegas Golden Knights, Dave Gosher, who's got the night completely off because ESPN's doing this game nationally. You are going to join us for a special one-hour pregame show. On I am. I can't wait. That's always a treat to go on TV with you. It'll be a good time. <laughs> yeah, set your DVRs now for this. The, the hardest working man in this building tonight is Dave Gosher because he was here at 6 a.m. this morning doing some uh, hits. Uh, talking about the launch of the season. That's after he was on stage in a battle of the bands. Mm. You know Dave's in a band? I did. Double minor. Yeah. And they were on stage last night, so it was a quick turnaround for you. In a losing effort, by the way. In the oh, the results the are already yeah, in? Yeah, the results are in. So I'll, I'll bore you with the details. There were three bands. Mm-hmm. This Our, hell of a battle. Yeah, it was. Yeah, Our band was a third of the three. So you play a half-hour set. But it's not like you just you, know, you get to go up there, you set up your stuff and everything else. So we get on at quarter of one. Quarter of one a.m. Why didn't they start earlier? I don't know. Not sure. I'll tell you a little funny. So Mike Mungello, one of our main marketing guys yeah. for the Golden Knights, Munge is our lead singer. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is how this all kind of came about. So I play the guitar a little bit. I sing a little bit. I play some percussion junk, whatever. Mm-hmm. The Fortunately, spoons. The spoons. Fortunately, the, the, the congas, the, the tom-toms, right? <laughs> Fortunately, the other guys in the band are really good, so I just kind of ride their coattails. <laughs> so anyway, we get there at about, so we, we were at the barbershop at Cosmo, which is a great spot. Yeah. Terrific room, terrific little stage. So we get there at 9 because we think the battle of the band starts at 10. But we get there at 9, and they say, yeah, there's a private party in here. So we're like, oh, can we just take a peek in? We wanted to kind of see the stage set up just to kind of familiarize ourselves. It's a like bit. a hockey player walking into a ring. That's right. Yeah. i got to yeah. visualize yeah, exactly. what I'm going to do up there, what songs I'm going to screw up. So <laughs> we get in there, and, there's, yeah, there's this private function. Any guesses on who had bought out the room for a couple hours for a private function? Uh, Herschel Walker? Executives of the Seattle Kraken. Really? Oh, fantastic. <laughs> so, so I'm like. This is like this is bizarre. Of all the places in Vegas, and there's a lot of live music, right? Yeah. So I walk around and they have like the lapel things and Seattle Kraken. So is the ownership group and the executives? I guess, and you know, I don't, to my ignorance, I don't really know who they were, but you know, you know who Jerry Bruckheimer is. Yeah, I know Jerry, and he knows me, but Jerry. you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that we couldn't get in until like 10 o'clock or 10.15 because the Seattle Kraken were having a little... So this is a VGK-based 
fan, basically. Yeah, pretty much. And everyone's a Vegas. Yeah, it's me. And so did you stand up on the stage and go, we're going to get you tomorrow night? At the end of our set, I said, good luck tomorrow. Have a good time. <laughs> See how this goes for you. Were they in the audience for your battle? Yeah, they did stay a little bit. But by did, the time, eh? you know, it's getting late. Yeah. So by the time I got home to the Gosher Estates, it's 2.30. Mm-hmm. Go through security Go and through all security. that. Go through security. It's a high, high, uh, high security, secure area there. I uh, uh, had a two hours of rest time mm-hmm. and then got up and showered and came here and I did a couple of live things and then went back and had a, a nap time. And then came back and talked to John Forslund. Uh, yes, well, then went to the morning skate, had a nap, came right, back right. here, talked to the great John Forslund, who's the TV voice of the Kraken. And now here I am. So that's my day. What do two play-by-play guys talk about when they get together? <laughs> not enough oxygen in the building. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a big building. Uh, what did we talk? You know, we just talked about the buzz in Seattle. You know, yeah. just what this we're taping something for nightlife, and uh, just this the whole because John had been, you know, and I, I kind of wanted to get his. He did the Hartford Whalers back in the day, and then they picked up and moved to Carolina. First Greensboro, obviously, and then Raleigh. And he just said, "Yeah, it's a totally different." People didn't really. They had East Coast League teams down there, and, and Greensboro eventually had an AHL team, but they really didn't, I don't think, get the sport just quite yet. And being in Greensboro wasn't very helpful because they knew they were only going to be there. It was a stopgap yeah. while they were building a rink in Raleigh and everything. So, But he said it's been great in Seattle. He said they've had a, there's been a lot of interaction between the Seahawks, the Mariners, the Sounders. Um, they've all they've had a lot of, you know, they've crossed paths quite a bit. Um, he seems to like it quite a bit, which is great. And, uh, you know, I was happy for him because, you know, not to go too far down the path. But didn't work. And, you know, he's in Carolina forever, one of the great, you know, voices of the game. And um, and now lands in Seattle. So, But, yeah, we talked about that. I gave him my tips to a good expansion. I said, here's how you do it. You get um, you get teams to kind of trick you into giving you players you otherwise would not give up. Yeah. I don't know if they were able to do that this time around because they smartened Not up. as much. From the biggest experience. Uh, you get a future Hall of Fame goalie. <laughs> That's a good start. Yeah. Not sure they got there, not sure but if they, they got, they got a good either. goalie, though. You win 80 your first nine. Yeah. And we'll see how that goes. They well, start, be they tough start with eight on the road, yeah. right? And then, um, and then you get your building to be the best home ice advantage in the league. And then mm-hmm. you can go to the cup final in your first year. So those were just kind of my... Did he take notes? He did. Well, it was unsolicited advice. I said, yeah. I'm just going to kind of give... Because Chapman, who's listening right yeah. now, will probably chime in. <laughs> okay. he, you got him to take notes at, at the media <laughs> conference. Uh, we had to day. goad him into it. Yeah. Guilt him into it. Um, so Chapman, uh, we, we usually play a game. I won't be there for it today, but we play what's in Chapman's notepad. Is this, every, this every, a brand every, new game? Brand we, new game. Well, it's got to be because he's got a notepad. We've done it one time, yeah. maybe. It, yeah. That's not a new. Well, game. because because that's he forgot the note thing. He forgot the notepad in the car the second time. Right, because he's he's not he's not writing down notes. Yes, no, I am. No matter, yeah. Come on, Chapman, you're not doing this. You know what I wrote Don't down do yesterday? I, I talked to Darren after the show. I wrote down that both Riley Smith and Braden McNabb used the word "scrambly" to describe their first game. I had never heard "scrambly" used to describe anything ever before. I have n- I had no idea what scrambly was, yet here I was hearing it twice in one day from two players. Can this, I just this jump is in what and, you want? If if you've no, it's not what I want, but it's it's progress. Uh, have you heard of it. scrambled eggs? Yeah, of course. Okay, you know what that is. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so just like you've got this scramble, and then you just add a lee on it. You couldn't. You couldn't make that leap. You couldn't make a leap to what that what that means. I I don't quite think I was thinking of eggs when these two guys were talking about what it was like their first game with the Golden Knights. 
My, my mind wasn't jumping to eggs. Maybe one of the few times it wasn't jumping to food, but yeah, I, I wasn't thinking eggs. You you created this monster. I know. It's your fault. You're the one, Mallard, that that guilted him into getting a notebook on sale. Well, you were part of that. <laughs> uh, so he's got a pen. So it's, there, it's, it's good. We, uh, we will continue with that game uh, tomorrow because uh, it'll be uh, part of uh, catching up with Chapman tomorrow. This is opening night uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights up against the Seattle Kraken. Uh, Ryan Wallace, uh, do you want to pick uh, Dave's brain a little bit here? What's left of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, when you're when you're looking at this season for the Golden Knights, and we've we've kind of talked about getting enjoying the moment, getting into the 82 game schedule. But as Darren and I were talking about earlier today, goaltending is going to be a, a major storyline for the Golden Knights simply because of the fact that Marc Andre Fleury was traded in the off season. How important is the start of this season for Robin Leonard? And when it comes to some of the social media stuff, does Whatever he does on the ice, does it even matter in terms of quieting that narrative? Yeah, well, I think it does matter, Ryan, because here's the thing. If it doesn't, what's the best way to – because if it doesn't go well, then that narrative just kind of, I think to a degree, kind of picks up steam. Sure. You know, if if they're – I don't think that's going to be the case because I do think they, they have a very good team. I mean, I think that's quite obvious. But, you know, you still have to go out and perform on the ice. But if they get to a point, say, by Christmas or the new year, where they're just kind of win one, lose two, win two, lose three, you know, and they're they're not <laughs> – it sounds stupid. They're not running away with the division. Yeah. 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 Uh, then I think the narrative is still going to kind of – you know, that is the elephant here in, in T-Mobile is the, the goaltending change. Yeah. Um, so I think it is important for him and for them to get off to a good start. I, I think um, – which – you know, I, I think is within the realm of possibility. I still, you know, they're one of the best teams in the league. They, you know, they should be able to get off and running. We'll see how it goes tonight. But, um, and I do think the, and he even touched on this, uh, some of the stuff that came out a couple of weeks ago, I, I, I would imagine he said that's pretty much the end of it. Like if he's going to have something to say, it's going to be in a much quieter fashion. So, um, but I think that's part, and I, I do think, and I don't know how you feel about it, Darren, from a, you know, do you, have you put a number in your own mind? Does he play 57 and Brozois plays 25? Is that fair? Is that in the ballpark? Yeah, I think it's a 63-19. Yeah. Not the math? That 82? Yeah. Okay. No, no, it's not. But, it uh, is 82. It's, I think it's a 63-37%. Uh, oh, percentage. Percent. I thought you were doing games. I think it's 50-50. I don't think it's 64. I think he's, he's, he's a little over 60, but yeah. uh, I think – you still have to manage that, and and we we've, we've watched that over. There's there's freaks and like Andre Vasilevsky who can play every game, uh, but I think that Brassois will play more than Malcolm Subban ever did here, and he will play more than he did in Winnipeg. Yeah, I, and I think it's and I think it's going to be necessary. For yeah, them. you know, you get the Olympic break and the schedule's compressed and. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, and here, I, I, I tell you what I was encouraged by was the last exhibition game. Leonard was terrific. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, you know, the team wasn't very good in front of him, but he was, the goals yeah. he gave up, 2-0, turnover, power play goal, like none of them you could point to. And His say, best well, save of the night was one that just crossed the, the goal yeah. line. It was a brilliant, right. brilliant effort. Right, he almost kept it out. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, and I, and I, look, I don't know where he is with all this, but I, I do think for him, look, it's, 
it's, it's his gig now. Mm-hmm. It's his. So uh, hopefully he can run with it. Dave Gosher is with us on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports uh, Las Vegas. Uh, Ryan Wallace uh, will take the show from the bottom of the clock uh, right on through to his pregame show. And then you got a long pregame show today because faceoffs not until like 7.20. So oh, you you get Dan Duva and Gary Lawless that you yeah. lean on uh, as well. Uh, of course, it's opening night. It's, it's, it's awesome. Just keep talking, Gosh. <laughs> I think they're better than they were last year. Do you agree with that? I do. Vegas? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think if you look at their crop of forwards, especially, yeah. I mean, I, um, and that's not factoring in Alex Stott. Right? right. I mean, he's out for first half of the year. Yeah, and I I do think. The other part I'm encouraged by Mallard is, all right, so you've got another year with Petrangelo, right? Yeah. Took him a while last year. By the end of the year, he was unbelievable. Best, Probably their best player in the Montreal yeah. series. Um, another year for Haig. Another year for White Cloud. Um, I, I wonder, somebody like Mark Stone, how much pride he has, like, coming away. You know, he got skunked in the third round. Like, how much of that stays with you? I, I think probably a lot, mm-hmm. you know? I still do wonder about down the middle of the ice. You do it. Well, yeah, and I just, they don't seem to think it's an issue. No. But I think I think the forecast is Nolan Patrick will eventually grow yeah. into that. And I don't know if I might. I think that, you know, I've said, like, what if Chandler Stevenson was your third line center? Mm-hmm. No offense to anybody. I'm just saying, what if that was and whoever was your first line center? So, um, but, yeah, I do think they're a better team, and, um, I, I wonder pulling out the personalities of Flurry and Reeves, who were very big personalities in that locker room, if they do hit the skids, you know. It, and but I, I think they've got enough strong voices in there from Stone to Petrangelo to Patrick you know, and all the rest. It's interesting you bring that up. I, I just read a book on on chemistry mm. and whether it exists or doesn't, and and it, it went all kinds of sports and military and uh, different areas. But one of the examples used was the San Francisco Giants. And at the end of the, they talked about Kent and Bonds when they were there. And they got along better than everybody thought they did. But they took up a lot of the space. And not different personalities, but big personalities like yeah. a Flurry and, and a Reeves. Uh, different in the way they interact with their teammates, but still took up a lot of oxygen. When Bonds finally retired and left after the home run chase, it left a, a void in the room. A presence, but what it also allowed in that void was the other people to finally have a voice. And I'm curious to see who who takes that spot and who grows with that opportunity of the available voice. Do you have any candidates? I do. I think Nick Hag, yeah. in in that regard, of a young guy and finding his voice uh, in that room, like the Martinez and the Petrangelos and the. Uh, the Stones, they're all going to have their voice. But as far as, right, captain for yeah. 10 years. Yeah. But I think of the young, younger parts or the growing part, I, I think somebody like that or a white cloud is going to have this strong presence in that room where maybe they didn't didn't before. And I think that's that that's a real positive uh, potential. I thought of somebody like White Cloud. Yeah, that was yeah, my just, guy. Yeah, he just, it was a eh? yeah. He, um, I don't know. You know, I watched his availability this morning and. I just like him, yeah. so you know. But he just says all the right things. And yeah. At the end of his press thing, it tells the media to enjoy the game. Enjoy the game. They usually don't care that much whether we enjoy the game. Well, or he not. made me laugh when he walked in and went, "Morning, guys!" And I was laughing. He's like, "Nobody does, is that happy to see us." Does does not does everybody not say good morning? I'm like, no. 
No, nobody not, really cared not about to us. this group. <laughs> he just he just seems like that guy that that's primed to to kind of be yeah. that candidate because we we've seen him grow as as someone just trying to make this team and now he's he's really solidified that that back end for the Golden Knights and he's grown into a hell of a player and I just think that that's the next step for his progression as a pro to 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 take a little bit more ownership of that and be a little bit more vocal in the room. Hey, I I just see being able to take his game to to a yeah. whole new level. There's a swagger there. There is yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think for him, Allard, I don't, I don't know. You know, think about it. You know, he didn't – he was in and out of the lineup in the playoffs, right? Yeah. They, they felt maybe he tired a little bit down the stretch, and Nick Holden came in, right? And he was more than serviceable. But, yeah, I think for a young – you know, for a young guy like him. Between the scrap and yeah. more responsibility and more room to feel comfortable as a National Hockey Leaguer, White Cloud is a great player and I think could be an incredible part of your leadership group. But Hag has more range in his game. Yeah, he does. I look at, at a player like that. Shot, play the power play. Yeah. His, his range in general, to your point. <laughs> yes, literally. Physically. <laughs> literally. Wingspan. <laughs> yep, exactly. Uh, wingspan around. So what are you going to do tonight? Uh, we got a couple more so minutes. So I don't know. Here. We're going to do this pregame show with you. Mm-hmm. Shane and I have only one segment. I'm surprised there's not more, to be quite honest. But I, I lobbied was, for more. Uh, I think it's probably the other way around. You know who, who fought against you? Uh, Gary. Gary. Gary, for sure. Gary said. That didn't take long to figure out. <laughs> no. There's six <laughs> segments in the show. Gary said. Fire advisory only east of Gray's Meadows. No evacuations are ordered currently. Games a fan. Uh, sometimes. Not mm. a lot, though. No. No. I'll be honest with you because because uh, we're not doing the game. I haven't really prepped much on the Seattle Kraken people. <laughs> <laughs> well, Paxtel doesn't know his lines either. So you if, see, I'm, <laughs> if I'm being honest, yeah, you're, you're not out of the loop. We only play, we only do one of the four games against them this year. Oh, we play Seattle four times. Mm. We're only we meaning AT and T Sports Center only doing I think one of them. But the national, get, the national big shots. You'll get a lot of San Jose with those numbers, but at least you'll be in the building this year. But I think yeah. one of my favorite things last oh. year when they broadcast the games off tube, mm-hmm. uh, off the, the television, yep. when they played San Jose and with their numbers, and they wore those those alternate sweaters, oh, yeah. those, uh, the reverse retros. Mm-hmm. Watching Dave, you may think that I'm, I'm not a very nice person when I say this, but watching Dave get so angry. <laughs> Actually made me laugh. Because I don't get, I don't, it takes a lot for yeah. me to snap. <laughs> I mean, they were terrible. They were terrible. They were absolutely I was terrible. literally, and the good thing is, is those jerseys are done because those are the reverse retros. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. So thank, thankfully, <laughs> I literally was making it up. I had Owen Nolan and Mike Ricci and Vinny Dampfus yeah. up there. I, I and thought, I had Evgeny Nabokov in that. Uh, and I thought Kelly Rudy was awesome when he came in relief in that, in that one game. Uh, thanks to Dave Gosher uh, and, uh, Ryan, I'm going to have to take off as well. Mm -hmm. We'll take a break, and then it's all yours. Do not screw this up and get the FCC mad at us, okay? Yeah, you're leaving. It'll be fine. Oh, good point. Uh, When we continue, Ryan Wallace uh, takes sole control along with Chris Chapman, and then it's the pregame show at the top of the clock, opening night for the Vegas Golden Knights. This has been fun, uh, Gosha. Appreciate it. You bet, guys. Great to be with you. Uh, We continue live from T-Mobile Arena on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Interact with the guys on Twitter. Follow them at Darren Millard and at Ryan the Hockey Guy. This is the BGK Insider Show.
Vegas Golden Knights, the Seattle Kraken. Coming at you in just about two hours. And I'm telling you right now, I'm really excited for this game. Ryan Wallace along with Chris Chapman, Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Thanks to Dave Gosher for jumping on the program and also taking Darren Millard away. That's probably um, the, the best possible gift we have. Chapman, what do you what do you say? Oh yeah, um, yeah, and and <laughs> I mean the way he he tried to play off White Cloud, like just completely okay, tearing so, him down. So let's get into that for a minute because we didn't get an opportunity uh, with Darren on the program. He, he kind of commandeered that entire segment where he was talking about Zach White Cloud. Yeah, run through exactly what the exchange was and not Darren's watered down version of okay it. yeah yeah i mean and the best part is darren's not here to to distort any of the facts about yeah, exactly. what, what happened so exactly so pete talks to the media and generally how it works is though what we sit in this like film room and uh they have a podium with where where the players will come speak if you watch the the, the videos that the vgk send out you you understand what i'm talking about so pete talks and he leaves and we're waiting for players and in walks zach whitecloud I think Stone came before White Cloud, but White Cloud comes in and he's in a great mood. Like you could see, like he's he's got this huge smile on his face. He's electric. Now, I kind of like that we were getting to see a lot more of Zach White Cloud's personality because he's kind of becoming a very funny, like he's always kind of had a little personality, but now it's yeah. really starting to show. And he's he speaks on things that are that are well beyond his years, and he's a positive role model for a lot of kids who are, who are growing up in the part of the part of Canada where he grew up. Yeah. So he he walks into the room, and one my, mind you, one day he walked in eating a slice of watermelon, which which is hysterical because generally the guys will come in, they don't really want to talk, and he's like, oh no, where do I put this? And he found the spot to put it down. <laughs> yeah. And he, he walks in today and he's got this huge grin and he's, he's just electric. He's glowing. And he's like, morning boys. And everyone's like, Hey Zach. And, and Darren's laughing. Why? I, I have no idea. And Zach stops. It's not an appropriate response. No, no. And Zach stops and he's like, something funny. What are you laughing at? <laughs> and, and Darren turtled. Like, he was like David Perron when Max Pacioretty tried to take him out a couple of years ago, right? Remember wow. that? Zach wanted to, you know, or, or uh, Max was, was unhappy with Perron, and, you know, Perron turtled. Well, that was that was Darren Millard in the film room today. He, he kind of turtled, and he was like, he kind of was like, well, not everyone says hello. Like, he was, he was so intimidated, <laughs> and it's so funny because what, what I have learned is Everybody associated with the team, whether it's Pete DeBoer, Gary Lawless, Katie, who is the video girl, even now Ashley, mm-hmm. Ashley Vice, they all give Millard crap. And yeah. he, he just he, he can't give it back, which is funny. So it kind of makes me think that I need to start standing up to Darren because he'll just turtle when I start giving it back to him. Well, I mean, I've told, I've given you that advice. Yeah, yeah. Times. I mean, it's it's so funny to watch the pecking order, even even in the the whether it's Kelly McCrimmon, yeah. whether it's Dave Gosher, whether it's Shane Knighty, they all just Darren is the punching bag. Actually, yeah. I, I I have to take that. I haven't seen Shane like turn Darren into a punching bag, but I think because Shane is just he's just a nice guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and well, who's gonna 
argue with him, right? Like I'm not, I certainly, he's the, he's the last guy that I would, that I would get mouthy with. So uh, um, yeah, it, it's kind of funny because Millar acts tough on this, on the radio, but mm-hmm. when, when you're, when we're in that video room, everybody <laughs> kind of intimidates Millard and he just turtles. It's hysterical. And today, Zach Whitecloud was the guy who, who gave him crap. That's beautiful. I'm sure we'll get a different story. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure we will get a different story on the program, which is is totally fine. So, Chapman, it, it's Vegas, it's Seattle, and you know, I think one of the things that I'm most intrigued by tonight for the Golden Knights is what it's like for this team now. And and granted, there aren't that many Golden Knights that played in that inaugural game for Vegas in this one tonight, but what it's going to be like for this team no longer being the new team on the block, right? Like no longer being the expansion franchise because that, though it's, it's been a while and though the golden Knights have done a lot over the last couple of years to kind of shed that image, they're actually going up against a team that is brand new, a team that Vegas was in those footsteps just four years ago. Like what, how do you think the golden Knights are going to kind of manage that emotion going into this game, understanding what the Seattle Kraken are going through on a very, very personal level. Yeah, it's certainly, uh, I think, for the players, I get the sense that from talking to some or listening to some of the VGK guys, it's an opportunity for a fresh start. Yeah. Like William Carlson talked about it yesterday. We played the audio where where he said, look, I I, my advice to those guys would be take, take advantage of this opportunity. I didn't get a chance on my old team, and we 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 remember what happened when John Tortorella and the Columbus Blue Jackets came here and was asked about William Carlson. So I, I think that's some pretty sound advice because for, for a lot of these guys, and, and especially the guys who weren't free agents, because they did sign some some free agents, but for the guys who were drafted by the Kraken, you have to play with that chip on your shoulder, right? Mm-hmm. Like like you have to feel like you were a little disrespected. Because for for guys, and obviously not all of them are going to play tonight, but that team that you came from, they didn't believe in you. They didn't think you were worth keeping around. And some for some guys, it was a salary cap number maybe from their old teams, but that that that's irrelevant. The point is, those teams that you came from felt it was more important to protect other players. And I think for for. A, a team that has a guy like Mark Giordano as their captain, mm-hmm. right? Like Mark Giordano's road to winning the Norris Trophy is one of the most fascinating, I think, stories in hockey. Well, he's just a, he's a great player, right? Yeah, but he's a super guy too, and yeah. and it's like to to be the first guy in the history of a team to wear a C. That says something about you as a player, about you as a, as a human being, and. When when that that the fans of the Kraken look back in in fifteen twenty years, Mark Giordano's name is going to be one that they will never ever forget. However long he's a member of that franchise, but he is the guy who, for his for for his legacy now, he is the guy who wears the C the first time the Kraken ever take the ice in a real game. And I think he's the kind of guy who who will say, "Hey, look, don't take this lightly. It's it's not a." a, a a situation where it is to be taken lightly because he's a guy who, who took a long road to get to where he's at. And I think he'll be able to motivate those guys to go out. And, and this is an opportunity for every single one of those players on that roster to, to prove to 
not only their their old clubs, but the NHL, that they're good players. You know, I'm glad you brought up Giordano because uh, the the Kraken are kind of breaking in what the Golden Knights did over the first couple of seasons here in that they didn't name a captain. It wasn't until year number four Mark Stone was, was awarded the C as the first captain in Golden Knights history. And I, I want to get your take on, on where you're at with Seattle, not just going with Mark Giordano, but going with a player who's 38 years old and on an expiring contract. Like, I, I think that it's the right decision, and I, I love the fact that the Seattle Kraken de- clearly defined who their leadership is this season because you only have this year. You only have one opportunity to create a great impression. And for me, leadership is important, especially in the NHL. And when you've got a guy that's been a a captain of a franchise for eight years running and is widely considered one of the best captains in the league, it just made too much sense, regardless of whether or not this is the only season Mark Giordano plays for the Seattle Kraken or whether or not they sign him to a two-year extension or something in the middle of the season. I don't really care. He was the right decision, the right guy to put that C on this year for Seattle. Yeah, and he was the right guy to draft from the Calgary Flames because yeah. he, he brings something that I don't know if a lot of other players that they could have drafted would bring, and that's experience, that's leadership, that's having a major award hanging, or not hanging, but in, in your, your, your house, whether it's on his mantle, in his office, it doesn't matter, right? He's got a Norris trophy, and, and that says something about how good of a player he is. And it, to me, I, I don't really look at his age as, as one of those things that is a deterrent. I look at that as a positive because he's a guy who's been through the grind of an NHL season, and if you have these young players, maybe maybe their second or third year in the league, that's the kind of guy you want to lean on. And I'm sure they're the Kraken have players just like, I mean, we hear the young players with the Golden Knights talk about it. They lean on guys like Alex Petrangelo and, and Alex Marti- Alec Martinez and, and Braden McNabb for, especially on the blue line, because they the, the Golden Knights have that mix of guys who have achieved the highest thing you can achieve in this sport. Mm-hmm. And then they have guys who are just breaking into the league, the Nick Hags, the Dylan Coglins, the Zach Whiteclouds. So I think that's such a fine balance because you have these guys who, who you can lean on, and, and that's the kind of guy Mark Giordano is. I mean, you don't put the C on his chest just for photo ops. You put the C on his chest for a reason, and I, I, I really am, am excited for him because I really like him as a player. I've gotten to chat with him a few times, and he's a really cool guy to talk to. And, and I hope he has a really successful season, and, and I'd like to see the Kraken have a really successful season, not just because... I predicted them to make the playoffs, but I think it was something Pete DeBoer mentioned yesterday. You want these teams that are coming into the league to have success early on because, like he mentioned, some of the ones that have moved or failed, they're teams that they kind of stunk out of the gates. I mean, he didn't use that word, stunk, but, I mean, I remember when the Ottawa Senators, and, and they're kind of still the, the the punching bag in, in the, the, the league among, you know, they're, they're always the butt of all the jokes, but... Mm-hmm. When they came in the league, I think they won like six games their first year. You don't want that. You don't want that in a brand new market. And I think Seattle is going to be competitive. I think it's division where where certainly they can compete right away because there's some, let's face it, there's not some, there's some bad teams in this division. And that's good for Seattle because you're going to, you're going to get some wins and it will help grow the sport in the Pacific Northwest, obviously. 
there's a long tradition in in that state and that city with you know the the Thunderbirds and uh, some some junior teams that have done really well. But it's it's so cool because we're getting to go into a brand new market and and for Vancouver, you now have a rival that is right on the other side of the border. You know, it's it's funny because when we were talking about how perfect of a matchup this is for Seattle. It's Seattle, it's Vegas, it's big brother, little brother. And, you know, you can kind of even make the, the same argument that that's what it is with Pittsburgh and Tampa. Tampa's the, the new big brother on the street going up against the, the last team to win two back-to-back Stanley Cups. But you know, I, I look at the Kraken and, and the Golden Knights and the Kraken and the Vancouver Canucks, I, I don't think there's a wrong answer there. Like, while I do think you want to naturally tie together Seattle and Vegas because of how much success Vegas has had in their short run here. Naturally, I think it's going to be Vancouver and Seattle. Like That is the rivalry that I think has the potential to equal what we've seen out of, say, Vegas and San Jose or equal what we're seeing now out of Tampa Bay and Florida. Like, that is geographically a rivalry that I think is going to light the NHL world on fire should they meet in the playoffs. Oh, and, and that's something like we love Calgary and Edmonton in, in their battle of Alberta because yeah. of just the, the, the pure dislike between the, the cities. And I, mean, I don't think Seattle and Vancouver have that type of animosity between each other. But you meet in the playoffs and all of a sudden you create animosity. And I think... It's funny because I like the city of San Jose, but I think Vegas fans probably feel a little bit different, right? Because for for you and me, we can kind of take ourselves out of the emotional aspect of it. But when you're a fan of a team, like, and it's funny because Bobby, our, our producer, just walked in the room. He's a Boston guy. And sports have made me strongly dislike the city of Boston. I never had any issue with Boston until the Patriots started winning Super Bowls and and. The Red Sox started winning World Series, and then until, the Bruins until it win. Became, until it became hip to just hate on Boston, yeah, right? Yeah, but okay, as a guy who grew up rooting clearly for... where you're at. That's fine. <laughs> and Bobby leaves, and he, he says he shows his displeasure. Yeah, but, I can imagine and, how that went. And if you know Bobby, you know exactly how it went. No, no, I know. I know. <laughs> but it's good stuff. As a guy who grew up rooting for New York sports teams, there was always a New York-Boston rivalry because of the, the the Yankees and the Red Sox. But it expanded into a, a much bigger rivalry because of the success that the Red Sox had. And I think that's kind of how it is with Vegas and San Jose, right? Like, we, we kind of joked about it. San Jose has really one banner that they can hang their hat on, and they've been around for 25 years. Vegas is pretty much already exceeded anything that San Jose had done in their entire history, and they did it in four years. So, of course, there's going to be some jealousy, some animosity. And if that happens with Seattle, you're right. Vancouver fans who, who've they've lived and died with this team losing yeah. two Stanley Cup finals in, in our lifetimes and most of their lifetimes, it's going, to be, it's going to be good when you're watching from the outside like we will. But when you're living that, it's so much more intense, and it, it, it really creates a lot of fun, and, and it's so exciting for hockey fans to, to watch that rivalry kind of mature and grow into something because I don't know if it's even going to wait until they get to the playoffs. Oh, you think it's going to be oh, especially crazy if it, off the jump, yes, right? Yes. Okay, okay. Because I, I, think I, the, I don't think so. I don't, I don't get that sense. I, I feel like – 
Seattle-Vancouver is only going to become something big if they meet in the playoffs. Like, I, I just think it's too professional. Like, teams are just too kind of regimented in what they well, do. Well, I don't mean among the teams. I'm oh. talking about the fans. Well, I mean, yeah, like, the Golden Knights have a beef with the Vancouver Canucks fans. Like, Vancouver fans are ready to fight anybody. <laughs> I'm serious. Have you ever have you ever had their own? (laughs) Have you ever had a little deep dive on Vancouver Canucks Twitter? It is I I have seen some some things that (laughs) which is funny because Vancouver is like the coolest city in in North America. Like if if I could pick up tomorrow and move to Vancouver, I like Vegas, but it it wouldn't take me long to, to, to make that decision. I'd be I'd be a Canadian tomorrow if that was the case. But um, yeah, it's funny because. I don't really know if Twitter is representative of entire populations or fan bases, but I it's, feel like, it's absolutely I feel like not. with Vancouver, it kind of is. It's absolutely not, with the exception of the Vancouver yeah. Canucks. Like, like, I, I to this day, don't understand. I didn't understand why so many people disliked the Canucks in 2011. Yeah. But then I started watching some of the things that were said on social media and i'm like i i kind of understand why now yeah it's a dark place for sure (laughs) and and i think it's one that that accurately represents um some of the some of the frustrations for vancouver canucks fans and let's be honest like there's a lot of frustrations for vancouver fans because this is a team that quite frankly should be better than they are and there are still some things that you have to try to get out from under so um yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if Seattle's able to come in and be competitive right off the jump, then there's a little bit of that in the back of your mind. Now, again, I, I do think Vancouver and their fans have to get into a playoff rivalry with with Seattle to make it work, but it's there. And, and I think that's going to be the, the spot where um, the, the Seattle Kraken really catch their first rivals. Now, Chapman, real quick to set the scene here. Fans are trickling into the building. Doors open at 5.30, and I'm already seeing some Seattle Kraken jerseys inside T-Mobile Arena. Um, They are stunning in the crowd, so I'm really looking forward to seeing them on the ice tonight. Now, we're talking about Seattle, and you mentioned William Carlson and just the idea that this is an opportunity. This is a chance for you as a hockey player to maybe set out a new identity for yourself, right? To be something more than what you were on your last team. Where's the player for Seattle? Like, who's that guy? Who's that William Carlson for this Seattle Kraken team? Well, I think they have a couple. And and I know you mentioned Yanni Gord yesterday. But I think there, there's two guys who really stick out to me as guys who, who could really become big stars in Seattle. And one of them won't be playing tonight, it doesn't seem like, and that's Jared McCann. He's a guy who I, I was wishing the Golden Knights would have found a way to get here. Um, you know, he, he's going to have that opportunity in Seattle. The other guy is another player that I was really wanting Vegas to somehow find a way to, to end up here. And it's actually one of William Carlson's closest friends, and that's Alexander Wenberg. I think he's a guy who has a real opportunity. He was a good player in Columbus. He was good with the Panthers last year. I think he's going to have a real opportunity to become a, maybe not an all-star, but to play at a very high level. And, I mean, why not, right? Seattle's a, a great opportunity. 
You know, it, it's interesting that you bring up Wenberg because he signed as a free agent, right? Yeah. Like he he yeah. didn't he didn't get taken in the expansion draft. I, I like Jared McCann a lot. I will say, and I've come back to this a couple of times, but um, for me on the back end, it's going to be Vince Dunn. Like I think oh, Vince yeah, Dunn yeah. is prime to just be an absolute stud for Seattle. And then up front, and, and I know this is kind of a cop-out because we're talking about an elite player here in Yanni Gord, but Yanni Gord on the Tampa Bay Lightning was a depth player. Yes, a very, very good depth player, but he was among the depth pieces for an absolute juggernaut. This is an opportunity this year for Yanni Gord to take that step and be among this team's relied-upon top-level performers. And I think there's something to be said for that. If you if you have two cups and you're looked at as a leader and you're looking to take your game to the next level, Yanni Gord, for me, is kind of that guy that I really, really think is going to take his game to another level. Yeah, and you look at his numbers. I mean, he's a guy. He's, he scored 80 goals in about four seasons. I mean, that's that's about 20 goals a, ga- a, a season. Uh, you know, he scored 25 as, in his first real season in the league. He had 17 last year in, in obviously a 56-game season. So he's a guy who's got the capability to put a lot of numbers up. I, I don't know if it's a cop-out because, like you said, he was kind of buried a little bit on Tampa, and he still produced. He's going to be a, their, their, their first-line guy. So so I don't know if that's a cop-out, right? I, I really think he's a guy who hockey fans know his name, but maybe the casual fan was like, eh, Tampa had so many good players, but... You're right. I mean, he's a guy who, who really could come into his own. And, and, I mean, he probably will be their all-star unless Grubauer has a phenomenal season, too. But, I mean, that, it's incredible to, to think how many guys are going to have this opportunity with that team. I mean, there, there's other guys that you look at their roster and you're like, yeah, Mason Appleton. Yeah, he's probably not ever going to be a star, but he's a really solid player. I mean, he was good with Winnipeg and he's young. And he's got a great name. <laughs> Do the Seattle Kraken come close to replicating in some way? I, I don't think that this is a team, and I say this knowing full well, it'll be clipped and it's going to haunt me for the rest of my life. I don't think the Seattle Kraken are going to the Stanley Cup final. I, I just don't. But I can absolutely see this team making the playoffs. In, in it, How do you define success? Like, If you're a Seattle fan waking up today, understanding you've got 82 games in the regular season to try to make the playoffs. How do you define success this year, knowing what Vegas was able to accomplish? Well, I think not finishing in last place is always successful. I think that's that's kind of where you start, like, hey, we don't want to be the worst team in the league or in our division, and I don't think they will be. I think they'll compete for a playoff spot, and I think success, just based on the fact that they're the only team that came into the league which is, I think, great because you don't have to split picks with another team like we had seen in the past. I think if they finish somewhere around the 500 mark record-wise, I think you could you could say that that's a pretty successful season. And if they do that, they'll probably be somewhere in the fourth or fifth range in, in the division. Yeah, I mean, I I think they're I think they're a playoff team, Chapman. I do too. I, I think that they. I don't know if they get in there at uh, at four, 
But I think that the Seattle Kraken this year are a playoff team. I think that's largely a product of the Pacific Division, which we will dive into more as the season wears on. We are back with catching up with Chapman next, right here on the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Findlay Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here's Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Wrapping it up, opening night, the Vegas Golden Knights take on the Seattle Kraken. Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman, getting you ready. Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. It's time for catching up with Chapman. All right, well, just because I know Rita was upset about Darren jinxing <laughs> the team if they lose tonight, the one season where they did lose the opener, they lost 5-2 to two to the Flyers at the Fortress in in, in uh wasn't a very good game then they went on the road for five straight and they went one and four i'm sorry one and three on that road trip uh they or one three and one i should say they won the shootout against the wild i think a lot of people remember that i believe it was eric Halla who scored that uh that winning goal in the shootout but then they lost at the sabers lost at the capitals lost at the penguins and got a one nothing win over the philadelphia flyers so, uh, if they lose tonight and they start one and four, then we know the Millard jinx is, is real. Listen, Millard jinxed the season, and that's what a lot of people are saying on social media. I'm normally on team jinxes aren't real, <laughs> but listen, this is a really good opportunity for Darren to feel a little bit of the heat, right? So, yeah, yeah. Um, I wouldn't have brought that stat to life. That's just not something I would have done. No. But hey, more power to Darren. Like, he's fearless, man. Yeah, well, except when Katie or Gary or Zach Whitecloud Zach or Whitecloud. Pete DeBoer are chirping him, then he, then he kind of, well, he shows a lot of fear. That's phenomenal. All right. It's Vegas. It's Seattle, the pregame show hosted by me coming up next. Enjoy regular season hockey right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Thank <laughs> you. 